heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. It's not a new conversation when we talk about the kids and the indoctrination of the school system. We've been talking about this for a long time. I mean, years and years and years. Uh, we've been sounding the alarm. Uh, what's happening to our kids? What's happening to the school system? Because all roads is, uh, you know, lead there and have done this for, uh, like say, a very long time. It's not something that happened yesterday, my friends. If there's one thing that's interesting to me with this whole COVID phenomenon exercise we've been through, this crisis du jour here of the moment, you know, is how it has put a spotlight on education. And and we actually discovered this uh, uh, back in um, early on in the pandemic, you know, when things were really at a more heightened level of awareness. Uh, I mean, we discovered it then. We seen, in fact, we talked about this with various groups and things that were happening where, you know, there were uh, things that uh, people were discovering. Uh, more specifically, Uh, parents were discovering. Remember, there was a a big shift going on. There was homeschooling came into play. I mean, the kids were now at home. And so you had a combination of that. Some parents took the kids right out of the school system and started homeschooling them. Others started to see the interaction of the kids and they got more involved in the curriculum, the conversation, right? Right. So a lot of that started to expose itself uh, because the kids were now doing the online stuff. I mean, that was happening nationwide as the schools are pretty well closed as well as everything else, right? And so, you know, so an interesting way, I think a lot of people got an education from the education uh, from the system. And I think it opened up the eyes and the awareness of a lot of people and a lot of these uh, topics and subjects that we've been talking about. And one central to that has surely been critical race theory, but it's been everything, everything that's been put into the uh, the books, you know, the education books that give the kids. And again, this is a long time problem. But the problem is without bringing that problem up and really talking about it, it just, you know, you, you never fix it. It just becomes an ongoing talking point and there's never an answer. So listen, so there's one thing if you look at opportunities, and, and there truly are opportunities that come out of uh, every problem or crisis in our life, I do believe presents an opportunity for us. I, I do I do believe that. It presents us a chance to get it better. It presents us a chance to learn from whatever the situation is. Uh, and it's, a, it's an opportunity to innovate and do some things differently. Well, that's no different right now. Well, we talk about our education system, we talk about the kids, we talk about, you know, how to fix some of this stuff and who the, who the cast of characters are that uh, are uh, really derailing our education system, friends. And, and this is a problem. So I, I emphasize this talk today, the problem with public schools. Now, some people refer to that as the problem with government run schools. You hear that a lot as well. But again, it's our entire education system. And which is really teaching your your children, your grandchildren, future generations. And if this indoctrination is in play, as we believe it is, well, we're in a heap of trouble then, because this is what they're learning. It's what they're doing, future generations. So it becomes a real problem. 
Now, so with the COVID phenomenon, that sort of, uh, uh, I think, levels the playing field a little bit because the information and the level of knowledge now that the parents have, and the parents are striking back. You're seeing the school boards, you're seeing the activity there where they're, 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 what, they want answers. These are their kids. They want answers. Now, there was an interesting piece in the USA Today I want to get your attention on right away. Uh, this was just here this uh, past week. So it's a brand new piece here. And the headline got my attention. It says, there is no proof that involved concerned parents are a dangerous threat to school boards. Hmm, interesting, right? And we, we've been hearing all of that, that where the FBI was engaged now. And so let me, let me just read you this couple of excerpts here and then we'll have a conversation. Uh, President Joe Biden's top law enforcement official has made a mountain out of a molehill, it starts. huh? And as a result, school administrators may threaten parents who are speaking up on behalf of their children. So Attorney General Merrick Garland released a memorandum, we've talked about this now, describing how the FBI will coordinate with local enforcement agencies across the country to address threats to school administrators and school board members. The memo states that there has been a disturbing spike on the harassment of school staff and a rise in criminal conduct directed towards school personnel. And the writer goes on, USA Today article says, alas, there is no evidence of a rise in, in the memorandum or references to where one could find evidence of it. And they say there's no actual proof of increased violence. One can find evidence in a September 29th letter from the NSBA, National School Board Association, to Biden documenting heinous actions that could be the equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes was the message, the memo, Right. Now, in, in a capsule here, if one reads the letter, the writer goes on to say, one finds people clearly raising their voices, which is normal when people are discussing things that are personal to them, right? So, I mean, don't we all do that? Of course we do. When it hits home and it hits your kids or your life, you, you tend to, you know, you, you definitely raise your voice a little bit. You want some answers. I mean, you, you still need to be respectful, but, you know, that's the way it goes, people. So when parents or community members cross the line into threats, local law enforcement has handled the situation. There is no quantitative data in the letter. Instead, there are a bunch of dispirited stories strung together to make it look like there is a pattern. So are you getting the feel of this now, my friends? Do you see what's happening here? So they put a lot of these together to create sort of an epidemic because then you, then you empower the feds and you empower, and this is the problem. I mean, the feds are so big and now they're into everything. They're into everything. And that's where the overreach, it gets into the states, it gets into local communities. Now you've got the FBI who hasn't, it not, you know, they're not exactly the most trusted group. They, their reputation is pretty well tarnished, you know. And so it ends here, for example, the letter reports that in two school board meetings, an individual yelled a Nazi salute in protest to make requirements. A lot of people refer to them as a Nazi movement. You hear that a lot today, actually. It's in the news a lot, actually. And another person prompted the board to call a recess because of an opposition to critical race theory. Well, these acts may be disruptive and inappropriate, but democracy is not a graduate school seminar, and parents are allowed to express themselves to elected school board members. Schools should want parents invested in the well-being of their children. Well, I thought that was an interesting piece, my friends, and it sort of set the table for what I'd like to talk to you about today uh, with all of this. And joining me on the program here, happy to bring on Keith Flaw is here. He's a managing director of Florida Citizens Alliance. 
this is an advocate for K-12 education reform in Florida. Uh, Keith himself is a U.S. Army veteran. Uh, he's a constitutionalist, as, as we talk about. You know, it's important to have that background. Um, he, he believes that the policies and abuse of our U.S. Constitution are bankrupted us morally and financially. And I think a lot of you out there would agree with him on that exactly. Now, the Florida Citizens Alliance is, in my words, as a model organization, model organization that can be used anywhere in the country, anywhere around the world for that matter. And a lot of the things they're doing there, I think, are very valuable. And we'll give you some resources later for you to check it all out and bring this back into your communities and your states and demand more from these people that are, you know, <laughs> either running or ruining the lives of your children and grandchildren, basically, here. All right, Keith, so we I, I bring in this interesting piece. I don't know if you had seen it prior to this conversation or not, but it was a pretty blatant piece in the USA Today. And it was, you know, there is no proof of this, but yet we're seeing the uprising. Let's talk about what you're seeing at the core, please. Uh, I'm anxious to get your feelings uh, of, you know, the parents that are really their eyes are open now. Again, I called it a little bit of the COVID phenomenon up front, but I think people are aware now this indoctrination is really happening, Keith, and they're striking back. Talk about that friction, please, between parents, school boards, and now, of course, you've got on the other side, the government and the FBI. First of all, thank you for uh, having me on your show and for your kind words about the work we do. There's no question uh, that uh, parent, I've never seen, I've been at, at this for eight years, and I've never seen uh, the frustration and the anger uh, that parents are exhibiting over what's going on in the schools. Uh, you talked earlier about COVID. Uh, COVID clearly opened the eyes of a lot of people. When they started to be able to see what their kids were getting uh, through the school system, distance learning programs and the content, um, I mean, it just raised the level of that frustration and anger. And so the other big, I mean, the other two big players, you mentioned critical race theory. Uh, the other big motivator player has been the mass mandate. And, and we've had across the state, we're a statewide organization and we have teams in about 20 of our 67 counties. And as they've been going to their school board meetings, uh, they certainly are passionate about what's, what's going on. And, and uh, I'll give you a, an example that personally happened to me here in Collier County. Okay. Um, back in uh, May, we had a um, school board meeting where they were debating whether to, to, to keep uh, the mask mandate through the summer school. Uh, so a bunch of us showed up. There were probably 150, 200 of us. Mm. Uh, they only let 50 into the room. So they made a bunch of folks stand out. And we're in South Florida in the summertime. So they made it stand uh, half or two thirds of our team stand out in the heat and wouldn't let them into the room and wouldn't let them express their opinion. For those that got into the room, if uh, you registered to speak, you'd go to the mic and they insisted you wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Well, a number of us decided we weren't going to do that. And so we went to the mic and started our three minute uh, input. And in my particular case, uh, the school board lawyer, district attorney for the school board, uh, said to me to put on the mask. I said, I'm not doing that. He directed the sheriff's deputies. There's always sheriff's deputies in these, in these meetings mm -hmm. to remove me. Mm -hmm. What was really interesting is the sheriff literally stepped back and refused. Mm -hmm. um, and when, when that happened, 
the uh, school board um, chairman uh, decided uh, to stop the meeting, take a recess, put everybody in the back room um, until, quote unquote, we became ruly and subservient. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went through that about four times mm-hmm. before they finally gave up and just let us go. Wow. But that's an example, uh, and and I, uh, you know, we work with uh, groups across the state, and that's happening all over the state. Yeah, yeah, all over the state. I did. I, I love that story you just told. I, I mean, I, I, and I think listeners really get a lot out of that. And what it tells me right away is you and I will get along real well uh, because that's exactly the position I would take as well. I refuse to go along with the mask thing. And my, my two teenagers knew that and they, through the entire episode. And he, here's what's ironic. You, you talk about you use the word subservient a moment ago. It's a perfect word to use, subservient. And I think what we've realized, what you and I have realized, and many others out there probably have as well now, is that the mask has really become a late night joke is what it is. I mean, first of all, when people have them on and they're engaging with these masks, and, and I get, I was just at some places just the other day, and they're still wearing all the masks, and but you can't hear them through their mask. So they're taking them off and talking to you and then putting the mask back on and then they're moving it to the side or they're dropping it below the chin and talking and then putting it back on when they walk away. And it's the same thing these other people are doing in these other forums, which then you have to ask yourself, what was the purpose again of this mask? Is it to be what you just said, subservient? Is there any other purpose? I couldn't see any other purpose to that mask. They're they're hanging off their ears. They're below the noses. They're halfway exposed on the mouth. Keith, I don't get it. Well, think about that in the context of our children and what they're doing to our children with these masks, where these kids, first of all, these masks are not made for children. And and the kids, have, in many cases, it's become a joke. They're actually trading masks because one's prettier than the other. Right. Um, they're, t- they're taking the mask on and off. Uh, uh, according to one study I read, the average person touches his or her mask uh, 12 to 15 times an hour yep. after touching everything else that they're touching. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's to call it a joke, I think is, is, is not strong enough. They're just, it's child abuse. Well, it's an insult. It's an insult to our intelligence. It's what it is, yeah. but, but they've been pushing yeah. this insult right along. Now, you know, let me say to you what you described there and you know, what come to my mind, Keith, as you were talking about that story and, you know, a lot of people now let's take that story and, and translate that all over the country here. And you're in actually more of a, um, I mean, think about the states that are far more Marxist left minded. Uh, We talk about the blue states where, you know, you've got the governors and the mayors that are totally that way and their mandates are heavy and they've got all of the local authorities engaged with them, lock in the step probably wouldn't refuse to, as the sheriff did with you, you're, you were, you, you were lucky. You, we, we were lucky in your case where you had that, but some states are not so lucky. They're engaging with what that person tells them and they're removing and it's happened. They've decked the people, dragged them out of the room. You've seen those videos, right? Right. Oh yeah. Well, this is happening even in Florida and we're so blessed to have, uh, um, Governor DeSantis, but 15 counties in Florida, and they're mostly the liberal counties on the eastern uh, side of our state, but all over the state, 15 counties have have become mutinous. Uh, back in the summer here in Florida, um, well, actually in in May, in, uh, May the, this legislature passed a parents' rights bill, 
uh, which said parents have the right to determine this, the, the medical side of what the kids are involved with. And so using that law and, uh, and, and the science that, that this doesn't really apply to kids, the governor uh, back in early summer announced that uh, the mask mandate was done and it was uh, up to the, you know, it was optional. It was up to the parents to decide whether their child would, would come or not. Uh, we have 15 counties who decided to, to openly violate the law, admittedly violate the law, and t- tell the governor and this law that was just passed by the legislature yeah. uh, to literally pound salt. Uh, what's been interesting over the last uh, several weeks is the state, uh, about, about a month after that, the State Board of Education gave our Commissioner of Education the challenge to go investigate each of these counties. It turns out nine of them uh, were just fined. The school board members and the uh, superintendents, each of those districts are now losing the equivalent of the salaries for those folks. Uh, You may remember a couple weeks ago, uh, Biden stepped in in here in Florida and said, okay, if if you're going to lose, if if the state's going to take away um, you know, funds from you, uh, we, the feds will replace that. Mm-hmm. What was really fascinating is governor DeSantis and commissioner Corcoran decided to double down and they said, okay, feds bring it on any money you give to the districts. We're going to find them that amount and take it away from them. So, uh, you know, what, what's playing out here in Florida is some lawsuits mm-hmm. and, uh, but, but think about what nine counties, and it started out at 15 and a couple of caved. Think about what nine co- counties are telling their kids in terms of the rule of law. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, so this is happening. I mean, we're blessed uh, throughout Florida to be a fairly open state and to have the governor. But we still have what turns out right now to be mm-hmm. nine counties that are yeah. uh, mutinous. I don't know. I don't have a better word. Yeah. Well, well, that's well said. No. And, and listen, your, your example is perfect, uh, Keith, because what, what we're really saying is that, and, and this is one of the better examples here, that as I stated, and you just documented, uh, other states don't even have the luxury of a DeSantis in the governorship or have, and still there's a pushback within the state. Uh, and so let me ask you this here, and I don't know if you have an answer for this or not. The divide that we're talking about right here at this moment is a divide that a lot of our listeners are puzzled by, and nobody really is able to grasp uh, and put their hands on answering the why. When you talk about you know that divide between the counties that really the the, the mutiny you say that are Marxist driven, uh, subservient in nature, you will do what we tell you to do, or else. Uh, or those that allow parents to be parents and to properly do what's best for their children, whether it's that they don't want you to teach them racist things that white people are bad, no more than black people are bad or brown people or anybody's bad, and that that they don't want mandated masks and they don't want mandated vaccines and they don't want control of their lives. And, you know, I mean, it's not real complicated at that point. So what's causing that divide? Why have so many fallen in line? You know, we're so split. what do you shine some light on that for me? Well, um, uh, this is not a problem that's come up overnight. Uh, I mean, this literally started 100 years ago with Dewey and, his, and what he attempted to do to change and to begin to change the whole focus of education. 
and 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 use education and the psychology of education to control people and and it's it's been um coined the word progressive it's been progressively increasing uh you know over the last 100 years and it it's on an accelerating in my view it's on a, clearly on an accelerating stampede uh you know you had the no child left behind and the and 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 what what happened through uh through that effort then you had the common core effort Mm-hmm. Uh, each of those where the federal government was exerting more and more coercion uh, to control the states. And of course they do that by bribing the states, right? Um, with, with money. Mm-hmm. So, so their, mo- their uh, money, by the way, their money. <laughs> yeah. Our money. Right. And, and so, uh, uh, but, but this has just been uh, over the last, you know, I've been involved in this movement for about eight years, mm-hmm. and uh, five years ago, I would have never dreamt we would be where we are today. Yeah, it's it's just stampeding at an accelerating rate. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I usually start a conversation. I do a lot of presentations around the state to different groups, and I start the conversation by saying, you know, our public schools are union-driven government monopolies. You know, we talk about that divide. You see, uh, and it really uh, was uh, mind-blowing to me that the opposite was happening in Wisconsin. And I seen the headline on this one uh, in NPR, a Wisconsin brewery is helping parents sue school districts that don't require masks. So here it's the opposite. They got a group of people that are demanding the kids put that they want everybody wearing masks. What do you make of that story? Well, I, I just read it this morning. Uh, I've been in Tallahassee for the last couple of days uh, working on some legislative stuff. Um, it doesn't surprise me. Um, it's sad, um, frustrating. It doesn't surprise me. We've got a lot of woke businesses out there that have uh, have, have lost their uh, their moral compass when it comes to uh, the free market. Uh, and... and um, you know, it's just, and it's not just a beer company. I mean, look at the, look at all the other companies that are, quote unquote woke companies that are firing their employees because they refuse to get, yeah. um, you know, the jab. I mean, this is just pervasive in our society today, and. There are days I wonder how we ever get out of this mess, to be honest with you. Well, we all are wondering that, actually. No, that's something I, I try to address what you just said every day. How do we get out of it? Find an answers to it. Let's talk about some of those answers now, because you actually um, have, I think, at the forefront, again, I as I referenced earlier, I look at the work you are doing there at the Alliance as as a model uh, you know. Um, work that could be utilized really anywhere in our nation and people can learn from this. So, all right. In the state of Florida where you are, there was some recent examples that, and you were very instrumental in some of this here uh, to create the best. And I love this uh, constitutionally based and historically accurate. Now that's not a bad thing. People constitutionally based and historically accurate. Like, I mean, like, wow, like what a novel idea that is. Who the hell come up with that one, right, Keith? I mean, come on. And so, but that's the goal. That's, I mean, it's like, it's a real stretch here, you know? And so accurate, and then it goes on, Florida civics and government standards in the nation. And so 
these were uh, revised civics and government standards that reflect the following priorities for K through 12 civics uh, and government teaching and learning in Florida schools. So some of the interesting uh, points here, and I want you to opine on this, Keith, that I seen. The first one, uh, students study primary source documents to understand the philosophical underpinnings of the American Republic and the root cause of American exceptionalism. God, I love that statement. Talk about that, please. Well, um, if, if I might, uh, th there's a little bit of a backstory to what you, you're talking about in terms of civics. One of the first things Governor DeSantis did when he when he got elected and, and went into office in early 2019, uh, we Florida was one of the 46 states that had Common Core. He mandated uh, that Commissioner Corcoran um, gave him a year to get rid of the Common Core standards in English language, arts, and math, and develop the best civics nation uh, standards in the nation. And so, we, we because of the work we've been doing here in Florida, um, we were invited to participate and help bring some uh, quote anti Common Core uh, experts to the table. And so, uh, here in Florida, we have uh, the, the first step of that process was to create what I firmly believe is the best ELA, English language arts and math standards in the nation that are very foundational. Uh, they actually include the, the classics that kids are required to read grade by grade. Uh, those classics include three books of the Bible, believe it or not. And so we have a really good set of foundational standards that, that uh, in both English language and, and, and math. Now, once that was done, and that took a year, then Commissioner Corcoran swung his sights around at Governor DeSantis' bidding, and we went through a, uh, literally a year's effort with a number of groups, but we were invited along with Hillsdale and a, a group call, uh, that calls itself Pro Proclaiming Justice to the Nation. We were invited to participate in re rewriting Fl uh, Florida civic standards, uh, and we spent a year at it, back and forth with the, with the establishment. And, 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 and as you point out, the, the, the standards now in civics are absolutely based on uh, original source documents uh, requiring, uh, you know, one of my pet peeves for years has been uh, all of these elected officials who call us a democracy. Well, we're not a democracy. <laughs> democracy is mob rule. We are a, a constitutional republic. Uh, part of uh, one of the... Um, Evidences, and it's just in some respects a minor one, but it's it 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 it's so it it depicts uh, a lot of the hard work we did. They don't use the word democracy anymore in our standards. We're a constitutional republic, mm. and they're demanding that our they're demanding that our teachers now have to go through a training program, and those that do and successfully you know get an extra, I think it's three thousand bucks, um, and 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 they're also the governor also has announced that uh, kids, when they graduate from high school, have to be able to pass the same test that, um, you know, an U.S. citizen has to pass to become a citizen. So uh, there's some really good stuff going on here. But uh, and DeSantis, to, to his uh, credit, literally did this in the first several months of his uh, going into office. It's taken, a, a, you know. Um, I hate incrementalism and what we see so often with the legislature, but so it's taken longer than in my mind it should have. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the, <clears throat> the products 
uh, of both the LA math and now civic standards in Florida are superb. Yeah. Well, this again is a reflection of the work that is being done here. And that's why I was anxious to share this uh, across the country with folks. So they had uh, a really good idea of what was happening. And I think, again, education right now is completely at the forefront, as we've already addressed. A lot of it has changed because of the COVID phenomenon. And here we are. Uh, you know, as when we as we reposition the conversation here, and we're, we're going to pause in just a moment, and uh, we're speaking with Keith Flaw, uh, and um, Keith again is a co-founder and managing director of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Again, my friends, it, it, this is a model model organization. Now, uh, I want you to hear me. There's a couple of websites they have, and I'll give them to you at the end of the program as well. But FloridaCitizensAlliance.com. I mean, it is well done. This is first class. Everything I've seen, everything I've touched. I've been on the site, looked at all the things. It's a lot of effort put in here with this group here, I'm telling you. And you can bring this back to your state and the country, wherever you're at in your area, and look at a lot of the programs and things they've done. And I'm sure that you could talk to Keith as well on this or any of the folks here. I'm sure they would help in any way they can, is my impression. Um, they have another site, which is set up for uh, parents and stuff. And we can talk to Keith more on this after, but Liberty Scholar. Dot org, And that's all kinds of resources there and all of that. And I've been there as well. And it's very, very well done. They're, they're really good sites. Um, and so there's a lot there. And that's why I really wanted to bring this because, you know, education is it's a big conversation we're having right now in, in, in the daily news cycle with what's taking place here. And a lot of it we've addressed here already. But I think a lot of people's eyes are opened up now uh, because of the COVID phenomenon. And I think their eyes are opened up wide. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, uh, we now have an opportunity is what I would suggest to you to fix the, some of the problems and as he was, as, as really Keith was just saying, well, he's excited because they're doing a lot of great things in Florida and they're advancing the agenda. That's an excitement I'd like to see resonate from sea to shine and sea, my friends. Really, really and truly. You know, with these various uh, addre addressing the Florida civics and government standards in the nation, one of the ones I want to talk to Keith in just a moment on the um, other side of the pause here, friends, is... Uh, and, and I love this. I love this. Students compare the success of the United States and the successes or failures of other governing philosophies to evaluate their past, present, and likely future events. That is so important, what I say right there. I, that is such a takeaway for me as I read that, that statement there. To just hear what that says. It's, it's huge. That's part and parcel of the problem. And if our constitutional republic has the chance to not just survive but thrive that's what's going to have to happen right there that's going to have to happen that statement right there i want to focus on that a bit in just a moment here now uh, again let me also remind you here uh, we are big supporters of uh, well again another lesson we've learned from from this covid thing is our, our immune systems having a healthy immune system it's so important i can't stress this enough and i've known this for years that's why getting out and walking each day and just breathing and seeing the trees all the things i've talked to you about over the years is so vital for our our mental state 
and our physical state as people. But nothing is more important than the health of our cells and really having a proper regimen. And if we've learned anything from COVID, you can't take your health for granted, people. I'm telling you, because when you have comorbidities or you haven't really, you know, treated your body like the temple that it is, we, you pay a price for it. And I don't want to see that happen with you. I, I highly recommend Healthy Cell. I've been taking it for over three and a half years. I love the product. I love the company. I love everything about this thing. And it's a gel form. So it's not the old traditional vitamin pills like you did back. It hasn't been updated since the 1930s, as they point out. Uh, but this is a gel form. You can take it right out of the package. You can put it in water or yogurt or whatever you want in it. It's very easy. It's a black cherry flavor. It's very good. Um, but you get all the daily regiment in that uh, the, the requirements you need in your body. And the one thing about a gel form, it gets right into your system quickly rather than the pills and the old vitamins, you know, kind of thing. We've discovered through Healthy Cell, it's about the health of your cells. And that's how we age, actually. It's how we continue to look good as we age. Uh, and it's all about the condition of those cells. So if you keep your cells healthy, uh, you'll, you'll have a far better quality of life all the way through people. And, and it is reflective it, and it will be reflective of who you are. Check out their products, healthycell.com forward slash out loud. You hear many of our people on our platform, uh, like Paul Engel, the Constitution Study, uh, Robin Andrew After Dark, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough on the McCullough Report. You hear all of these folks talking about healthy cell. They're all believers in it. They all take it. They have a host of products, the Daily Regimen, uh, the Immune Super Boost, which has got the Echinacea, the Zinc, the A, the D, all of that in there. Uh, you've got REM Sleep, Focus. All of the products are there at the site. You can also click the banner ad back at americaoutloud.com. All our listeners get 20% off their first order. Got to use the code OUTLOUD at checkout, and you'll get the 20% off your, your that first order you place. So check it out. Healthy Cell, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's done great things for me, and, and I've been a big fan of them uh, since, I, since I contacted them some years ago and said, hey, we got to get your product on here. I love you guys. Love what you're doing. So check that out there. And listen, we'll take a pause now. You're listening to the voice of a nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at liberty at americaoutloud.com. Liberty at americaoutloud.com. Because of COVID-19, the average American worries about their immune health four times a day. That's 112 times per year. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains 15 full doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day pill-free gel pack. It tastes great, is convenient on the go, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. It was a vision that gave birth to a unique multimedia platform that would combine classic talk radio, great writers, and memorable podcasts and videos. AmericaOutloud.com 
is a conservative leader in a field that is predominantly run by far-left progressive globalists. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Welcome back to the Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and catches every day, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, you can catch us on the iHeartRadio app, on iHeartRadio Network, anywhere in, in the country, and certainly the world for that matter. Uh, we have a great media player you can also listen to in our apps. Our own apps on Apple, Android, Alexa are fantastic. They're free. Uh, just go to your app store, type in America Out Loud Talk Radio, it'll come right up, or the uh, links are back at AmericaOutloud.com. Uh, you can get them all there as well. And thank you again for joining me here on the mission here, my friends. We're talking education today. And uh, so I was getting through some of these uh, pieces here. We're talking with, uh, I really love this conversation we're having with Keith Flaw. Uh, he's the uh, co-founder, managing director of Florida Citizens Alliance. Now, this is a model organization that we can use anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world for that matter. And I like this because they're on the front lines and they're they're pushing back on all the things we've been, you know, you know, listen, people, I, I was going to say we've been griping about, you know, we can sit and gripe and complain all day long. And we do <laughs> about everything that's wrong. And that's fine. But, you know, rather than just complain and, and, and bitch all day long, everything that's wrong, how about we fix some stuff? <laughs> that would also be a terrific idea. And that's what uh, I think Keith is doing here with this terrific organization. Now, um, Keith, uh, I, I mentioned, okay, I mentioned just before we were talking about the the Florida Civics and Government Standards of the Nation and DeSantis's commitment, the governor, uh, to create the best constitutionally based and historically accurate uh, civics and government standards of the nation. I just love that statement, but I also love this second point here. To me, this is the whole enchilada of the whole thing here, because if you want to preserve future generations, which is my goal here at America Out Loud, it's our, it's our mantra, it's our mission, uh, is to preserve future generations, liberty and justice for all. The second point here on, the, on this list here is tremendous. Students compare the success of the United States and the successes or failures of other governing philosophies to evaluate their past, present, and likely future events. I can't think of a bigger statement right now, a more important one, Keith, right now than that one, because if we don't start to take inventory, we're not going to have a country left. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. We've been fighting, um, you know, for for years, and uh, we've been at this for a while. But um, uh, about four years ago, we started fighting the uh, social studies books that our schools were adapting from these uh, progressive publishing companies, and they and they were teaching that we were a democracy. They were teaching that democracy meant European socialism. They were only teaching one side of the equation. And, and and if they talked at all about the free market system, it was to denigrate it. Uh, so what our students have been getting for years, and we started focusing four years ago, but it goes way back before that, is just literally indoctrination. 
these new standards that you just went through, it's huge. What now students are going to be uh, and teachers are going to be forced to look at both sides of the equation, multiple sides of the equation, and how some we really are an exceptional country. And um, so many of these different uh, countries, um, you know, they haven't been forced to study Marxism or communism and what really is going on in those countries. So it's, it really is big. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ignorance uh, is not going to help us out. And the indoctrination is what we've been experiencing for a lot of years here. The last two points of those four very important bullets, I just want to get these out here. Students have a sense of civic pride. That's something that's been lost on the generation here. We've seen that's been totally lost. I mean, I grew up, Keith, in a time in, in, in my whole life. I mean, I get goosebumps when, when the anthem is played or America Beautiful or the flag is there. I'm not literally get goosebumps and I get really my, I get weak at the knees. I mean, I, I'm a patriot. I love our country and love our people. And, and I, I literally, I'm, I, I turn to, you know, snow at that point because that's how much I love our country and what we stand for. And there's a sense of pride. And, you know, we're, we're the folks who, I mean, listen, we, we honor that. We, we love the opportunity to stand for the flag and put our hand on our heart. Uh, but that, that's been really challenged. And even with our national sports across the board, it's not just one. It started with the, uh, the, the, the dude there, Kaepernick there in football, but it, but it went through about all the sports. Uh, it, it was heavy. They were doing it. It's sad, as I say, it was happening in baseball. It was happening in all the different sports. And I loved the baseball. I wanted to play that professional ball as a kid, actually. I was was pretty good when I was playing. Uh, but, um, you know, so uh, we've lost that sense of pride. And, and, uh, and, and, and you say here, and participate regularly in all levels of government. Uh, so the, the, the sense of pride, I think, is really important. Then students reflect upon the United States civic history so that they understand their rights and responsibilities as citizens, including the process of advocating properly with government officials. So you feel like we're starting to turn with those areas we just talked about, Keith, you feel like we're starting to turn the corner a little bit and making some progress in, in the state? Well, we certainly have set the, uh, you know, the right targets and benchmarks to, to move forward. It's, uh, I don't mean to sound cynical, but in some cases, I mean, if we haven't done what we've done, it would just continue to erode uh, at a faster and faster pace. But what we're what we're experiencing, and I'm probably going to create some angst with some people by this statement. But you know, if you look at what uh, the teachers that are coming out of our teachers' colleges, mm-hmm. they're being indoctrinated into this woke mentality, uh, and and that's not changing. That's not going to change overnight. Uh, I mean, one I just told, I mentioned that we were up in Tallahassee for the. T- last two uh, days. We're fighting uh, against a critical race theory philosophy, but we're, we've actually got leaders here who are focusing on, um, uh, you know, stopping the racial and sexual in, indoctrination for K through 20. That's huge because now that starts to get at the, the one-sided bias that our teachers are being trained. And then when they come into the K through 12 schools, you know, they're already fully indoctrinated and reflecting that to the students. So my point in all that, Malcolm, is it's going to take some time, yeah. but you got to start someplace. And I really believe these uh, 
civic standards are the best that we have in the nation. Don't you think a lot of people, what happens when, you, you know, you mentioned this, the woke mentality, Keith, and with all the things we're talking about, CRT, mask and all that, but going further than that, uh, you know, uh, knocking statues down, canceling Christopher Columbus Day, uh, you know, all these kinds of uh, things that are being pushed now, uh, it, which is really a hate mentality is what I would call it. Uh, I think pushing back on that is vitally important. And we're feeling the fruits of the labor that people took. The, uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of parents took their eyes off the balls and expected the government uh, school system to, um, you know, to uh, control all that or to teach our kids or babysit our kids is a better way, maybe, Keith, to say. I think yeah. the babysitting exercise went badly wrong. I mean, really wrong. Um, and, you know, the whole government school system, I want to ask you, I, you know, I, I started labeling the talk I wanted to have today on education is I'd like you to, and I don't know how you finish this, but you're far more expert than I am at this to answer this, but finish this statement, please. The problem with public schools is. The uh, problem with our public schools is that they are union driven government monopolies and the unions have become Marxist oriented. Um, and, and, and so uh, as a monopoly and as a government monopoly, uh, if you agree or tend to agree with the statement I just made, then the next question you have to ask is how do you fix or how do you reform a monopoly? Mm -hmm. uh, especially government monopoly? And the answer is you can't. The answer is you have to break it. And you break it through competition. So you mentioned our websites, libertyscholar.org. We are very solutions focused in Florida Citizens Alliance. Mm -hmm. uh, we spend about a third of our time on an annual basis working, trying to influence legislation that, that pushes school choice, that pushes stopping the pornography in our schools, that uh, working to on some of the things that we've done. So we spend about a third of our time there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but we have some really excellent, mm -hmm. uh, most people would call them vouchers. We have some excellent um, scholarship programs. Um, you know, over the Florida, and I always uh, tend to look at this a little bit cynically, but when you step back and hear what's going on in the other states, we now have 43% of our kids that can get a scholarship to go to a private school. Wow. Uh, easily. Wow. Um, you know, we're, we're at that tipping point that, uh, that uh, you know, w once we get past that kind of 50% tipping point, uh, I don't, uh, I, I just see it continue to expand. I don't see a way that the left can, can undo that, but, you know, we'll, they'll try, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just, I'm even more impressed just talking to you here. Uh, tell folks about this HOPE scholarship, please. I'd like to put a little light on that. Uh, tell us about that. Uh, real quickly, we have a number of scholarships. We have a couple that are low income. We have a couple that are focused on disabilities. And then we have the HOPE scholarship. And the HOPE scholarship was actually written and designed by uh, Speaker Richard Corcoran, who is now DeSantis's commissioner of education mm -hmm. and the hope scholarship is 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 massive and, and uh, it was labeled the anti-bullying bill when it went through the legislature in 2017 but when you and i malcolm talk about bullying um, most people tend to think about interaction between children this bill changed the definition of bullying now anybody on school property 
or a school-sponsored event can be a bully. So now, legally, a principal, a teacher, a bus driver, the lunchroom manager, a counselor, another parent on school property or a school-sponsored event can become a bully. That's huge. The second thing it did was it changed the legal definition of bullying and added three new terms legally, threat, intimidation, and harassment. And the third thing it did was massive. It put all the power in the hands of the parent. Mm. If you're a parent and you believe you do not have to prove anything, if you believe your child is being threatened or intimidated by anything on school property, all you have to do is document your complaint in a written email to the principal, go to the Florida State website and print out a one-page notification form that literally is check the box, threat and intimidation, Mm-hmm. Take the two of those to the principal. The principal is legally required to sign it. They cannot say no. They cannot say you don't qualify. Uh, they cannot say, hey, I got to go look at this. They, the, the day you present it to them, they have 24 hours to legally sign the document. And the day they do, you as a parent are eligible for up to an $8,000 scholarship to send your child to a private school of your awesome. choice. Awesome. Wow, that's that's, uh, that's really awesome. There um, uh, is that all spelled out at the site as well, Keith. Yeah, it's um, there's a, a, a tab there called legislation. One of them, if you drop down menu, one of them is the Hope Scholarship. So that's all all spelled out there. Okay, let me bring um, some of this to a head and ask you this now. We've now seen the federal government overreach with the FBI being put in a position. And you and I touched on a little bit of this on the weekend on Viewpoint this Sunday on our weekend news magazine. But now that they've been engaged on that level and, you know, the blinders are sort of coming off the parents, as we suggested now, COVID is a part of that. But also, I'm just wondering, Keith. The fact that it's now exposed with Merrick Garland, the letter, the memorandum, everything that's taken place, I would think that it's pretty well out in the open. Now, clearly, there's still going to be a percentage of people on the other side who parents who are fine with the indoctrination and the Marxist tendency of their kids. Why? I, I can't, uh, you know, I, I can't make any sense out of that. But that's why there's always somebody on that other side, as wild as it may seem. What do you think about this overreach with the federal government and is it i mean we're assuming that you would agree i mean there's overreach with the i mean getting the fbi engaged in any of this level is ridiculous and uh, and how does it end up i mean is it does this again it, it has does this expose the, the the scab of what's wrong with our education system and this overreach i mean does this end up being more uh helpful to freedom and to liberty and does it end up hurting and exposing the Biden regime and what they're really up to? Well, I could probably argue both sides of that equation, but I would tell you that the, the, the only, in my, and I asked myself this question, how are we going to get out of this mess? And in my view, the only way that we're going to get out of this um, mess, uh, and it needs to start happening quickly, is our, our state governors have to start exercising the power under our constitution of the 10th amendment. Yeah. And they have to just say no. So in this particular case where they're weaponizing the, the you know, the law enforcement of the federal government to come into, and I'm going to stick with Florida, come into Florida and, and go to school board meetings and arrest us for being terrorists, domestic terrorists um, at, at, the, at the very tip of the spear, 
our sheriff, our constitutional sheriff, has to be willing to step in and say, not in my, not in my county, and if you persist, I'm going to arrest you, federal government, and put you in jail. That has to start happening, and the governors have to reinforce and basically organize that. Now, I had a meeting, uh, uh, one of the, the senior legislators I met with um, uh, two days ago, and, and she said part of that whole equation is uh, we've got to stop letting the federal government bribe us, bribe us uh, and particularly in education. We've got to stop taking their money, and we've got to start put, you know, defending ourselves under the Tenth Amendment. But as long as we continue to, in, in Florida, uh, we've got about a $23 billion budget for K-12. Ten percent of that comes from the federal government for all these title programs. Mm-hmm. We just got to start saying no. And turning that money away um, until we do that, um, you know, uh, but, but I mean, Governor DeSantis is making some of the right statements, but it has to come down to federal government. You're not welcome in our state when you're trying to make our citizens domestic terrorists and we will put you in jail if you come. Well, and, and even with the education, uh, that the fact of the goal that we need to bring it back more local, honest question here, uh, is it time to abolish the federal the Department of Education in Washington? Oh, it's been long past overdue. I don't know how you basically get it done. Um, you know, um, Trump talked about it. Um, it's been talked about by various presidents and candidates for a long time. Um, it's not an easy thing to happen, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, it would be huge. Um, and just restore, I mean, uh, and, and Trump was on some of this with not only education, but a number of things where he was pushing the power back to the states. The problem is the, base, uh, the states are drunk on the money they take. And so um, it, it, it's, it, it, you know, it, it, this has happened again over many years. It goes back to. 17th Amendment goes back to the 16th Amendment. Um, so this is something that's not going to be, a, and I don't mean to be negative or cynical, but having done this for eight years, it's <laughs> part of what I've learned. Yeah. It's going to be really tough to do that. But until we start to do that aggressively, mm-hmm. until governors like DeSantis and Noam and others just start saying, no, not in my state, mm-hmm. um, I don't see another solution. Yeah. Yeah, well the said. Federal well government said. is federal government is is more than drunk on its power, and it's mm-hmm. grabbing more and more every day because we're not saying enough's enough and say no, say no. We will not comply. That has to start to happen. Uh, again, the websites. Let me give those to you. The main site: FloridaCitizensAlliance.com, and the other one is LibertyScholar.org. A lot of resources there. A lot of information. It's going to be worth everybody's time to check this all out. I mentioned to you. We started talking about the scholarships and the things they have available for folks that are uh, throughout the state itself. But the bigger thing is the resources and all the work that has been done by this organization. All of that can be implemented nationwide. And I, I just can't, I, I can't say this loud enough uh, for you to get this information out there. Please engage people and let them know whether you're in California, Wisconsin, New York, or Georgia, it doesn't matter. 
and have them look at these resources and ideas they have. And, and again, and you can get in touch with Keith Flaw or connect it in here in any way that you need. Listen, I'm happy to help as well. If you need me, uh, you know how to get me. Talk at AmericaOutloud.com is the uh, best place to connect. And, uh, and, and, you know, you can email me right there and we'll, we'll help move it along or connect you with the powers to be there. So uh, check all that out. Um, listen, I think this fight of education is central to our survival as a nation. I mean, I'm convinced of that today more than I've ever been before. And as I start to look at the work and the nitty gritty of what they're really doing here, I mean, it's an eye opener. And, you know, I started talking about, and we ran out of a little time there, but some of those examples, I mean, two others I want to mention here real quickly here. Uh, our heritage, our, you know, American heritage is built on Judeo-Christian values and founded on the principles. Seventh grade benchmark. Analyze the influences of ancient Greece, ancient Rome, and the Judeo-Christian tradition on America's constitutional republic. See, this is important stuff. I mean, if we're going to win the, the war and, you know, all these battles we're having on a day-to-day and week-to basis here, these are battles. But if we're going to win the war and be able to move America forward properly as we now reach towards our 250th anniversary here ahead, right? It's, this is the kind of stuff we're going to have to do, people. I mean, uh, the other point they make mention here is our individual rights are protected by our Constitution and Bill of Rights, not granted by the Constitution or the federal government. And that's such an important point to mention. Everybody, a lot, too many people think that the, the feds, uh, that, you know, that, that that's it. That's like the King Arthur. That's the royalty. It's the, you know, the, 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 the court, the king. It's not people. They are, they are not the king. And it, you know, there's a whole history behind that. You know, Keith talks about the 10th Amendment. That's so vitally brings the power back to the states for states to exercise their rights, because that really is where the power is that created the federal government. The problem is the federal government became a runaway uh, a train or a, or a snowball that's coming down the mountain. It just continues until you have an avalanche. And that's what we have today is we have an avalanche of BS. Uh, probably that's a better way to put it. It's that snowball effect here. And that's what we're struggling with now. And this layers into our entire life it gets into the critical race stuff the racist problems we're having fights on the streets uh all these challenges we're doing and knocking down our history all of this is the result of our education system so this is why this is so vital and why i'm so passionate about it honestly and so i am thrilled to to uh, be able to make some headway here a lot more to talk about here thank you my friends for being with me on the mission here and uh it's time you know, to get involved and get loud.